Hogwarts, the Chamber of Secrets, these would not have been part of our lives without the one and only JK Rowling. Hi, I am Kristen and I am joined by Julie Eisentrager. And today's conspiracy theory is all about our favourite author. <gasps> Who is it? J.K. Rowling! J.K. Rowling! I didn't J.K. Oops, uh, oops, oops, oops. Oh. oh, so good. I didn't need to ask, but I did because I like I like hearing a name. Just, I, me too. She oh, is amazing. What a top-notch lady. What a top-notch... I can't believe there's a conspiracy theory around J.K. Rowling. Neither could I. <laughs> and the conspiracy theory is pretty funny. It is pretty funny. But first... Maybe we should go into a bit of history. I'd like to go into a bit of history because it's J.K. Rowling has a really interesting history. She does. If you don't, if you don't know about us, settle in. Settle in. Because we are about to school you. What? what? <laughs> oh dear. So now, quite often J.K. Rowling's story is dubbed the like rags to riches story. Mm-hmm. So, J.K. Rowling, Joanne Rowling was born July 31st, 1965 in Gloucestershire. Ooh. Yes. Which is on the border of England and Wales. Oh. Uh, near Bristol. Do they have, like, a mixed accent there? I, yeah, kind of. But, like, when you're driving up to, like, through Gloucester, they have both flags. Oh. Yeah. They're like, we're just proud of either or. Yeah, it's really cool. I like it. Um, her father worked as an aircraft engineer for the Rolls-Royce factory, and her mother was a science technician. Oh, smart. Yeah, super Love smart. it. Rowling also had a younger sister, Di. She mm-hmm. wrote her first book at age six. Oh, me too. I was smashing out novels <laughs> at three. She's really slow, isn't she? She really six, titled Rabbit, and wrote her first novel at 11, about seven cursed diamonds and the people who owned them. Which sounds a little bit familiar, <laughs> does it not? Well, when you steal from your own work, it's fine. It's fine, it's fine. She was 11. That's pretty impressive. That's very impressive. Joe went on to study. Joe, I'm calling her Joe because I feel like we're best friends. Oh, best friend Joe. Yeah, best friend oh, Joe. Oh, best friend Joe. Yeah, Joe went on to study French and classics at Exeter University, where she read so much outside of her classroom. She racked up a massive fifty pound overdue library book fine. Woo, naughty, that's a, that's naughty. Quite a lot. That's like a hundred dollars Australian. Also, does that mean she's not a quick reader? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she just read them so much. Or she borrowed She borrowed too, too many. Much. She didn't know where her limit was. Yeah. She's like, now, now. now I really now. should only be getting it two a week. Yeah, but not I'm going to be ambitious. <laughs> and get a few more. After graduation she moved to London and worked many jobs including being a researcher for Amnesty International. Oh, Yeah. Yes. Which is pretty epic. Yeah. She had to do a lot of like See, like, read about a lot of, yeah. of pain and suffering. I'm not going to lie. I don't want to do that. No. Uh, on that, she said, There in my little office, I read hastily scribbled letters smuggled out of totalitarian regimes Whoa. by men and women who were risking imprisonment to inform the outside world of what was happening to them. She said Wait. later, My small participation in that process was one of the most humbling and inspiring experiences of my life. Wow. Hearing that and then knowing how bitter the person that made the conspiracy theory is. Yeah. It just makes her look like it makes those conspiracy lady look worse. I know. <laughs> All right. So the idea for Harry Potter came to Rowling in 1990. Oh, best what? year ever. Best year ever. Were you born there? Sure was. <laughs> While on the train from Manchester to London's King's Cross, 
During the next five years, she mapped out all seven books and made extensive notes on just little odd pieces of paper. So before even writing anything, she mapped out seven novels. Yeah. She's a storyboard kind of lady. She's a storyboarder. I like it. I like it a lot. After the death of her mother, who suffered multiple sclerosis, Joe and her notes moved to northern Portugal where she taught English as a foreign language. Her books uh, do deal with death and immortality quite Mm -hmm. a lot, with Rowling saying, I so understand why why Voldemort wants to conquer death. We're all frightened of it. While she was in Portugal, she met Jorge Arantes, they married in 1992 and had a daughter named Jessica in 1993. Later that year, the two divorced and Joe and Jess moved to Edinburgh in Scotland where three, with three chapters of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone in their suitcase. That's crazy. That is crazy. Like, that there was a time when it was only three chapters long and it was just in note form. In a suitcase. In a suitcase. Fleeing, Fleeing the country. I love it. Living in... This is where uh, this part of her story uh, kind of varies depending on what source you're reading it from. So from her website, um, it says that Rowling studied and began a Korean teaching, writing in any of her free time. But it also is out there that she lived in a tiny apartment in Scotland with no job and no money. Rowling admits that she was dealing with depression and considered suicide. She had to depend on the doll, spending her days writing Harry Potter in cafes with her daughter sleeping in a pram. So it depends who you talk to in terms of how difficult Edinburgh started off being. Tragic, yeah. Um, But if you go to the Elephant House in Edinburgh, Mm -hmm. they're very proud of the fact that that was one of the cafes. Yeah, wow. There's a lot of uh, photos of her just writing, which I feel like maybe was staged. (laughs) They would have had to have been staged post popularity (laughs) of the book. Yeah, because otherwise you're just taking photos of everyone that's in your cafe doing something. Exactly. In case that would be crazy. They get. We should start a cafe. We should start a cafe. Um, but if you go into the Elephant House Cafe um, and you go into their bathroom, their bathroom is full of graffiti, but most of it, I'd say like 80% of it is Harry Potter related. And that is awesome. That's I love fun. it so much. Um, I might try and find a photo of it. We might post it. Okay. On our oh, that would be good. Yeah. Uh, once she had completed the full manuscript, she sent the first three chapters to a multitude of literary agents. Surprisingly, she received tons of rejections until Brioni, or Brioni Evans from Christopher Little Liter- Liter- that Literally, I can't say it. Christopher Little Literary Agency. Wow. <laughs> That's a tongue twister, guys, if you want one. Christopher Little. Little. Oh my god! It's Christopher Little Literary Agency. It's 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 easier in a posh voice. (laughs) Decided she wanted to represent Rowling and help her on her quest for publication. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone was sent to 12 publishing houses, all of whom rejected it. A year later, Bloomsbury Children's Book picked it up largely based on the fact that the eight-year-old daughter of the company's chairman was given the first chapter to review, and after she demanded the next, the very first Harry Potter novel was published in June 1997. Yes. Well, that makes sense. Give it to the audience to read. Give it to read. a child. That would have been so cool. I want to be that kid. That kid who read the first chapter of Harry Potter before anybody else. I wonder if I can find else. out who it was. What publishing house was it? Uh, Bloomsbury Children's Book. Uh, although published, JK was advised that she should find a day job as a career in children's books wasn't very profitable. 
nervous that the target audience of young boys wouldn't read a book written by a female author, yeah, they decided uh, it would be better if Jo used her initials instead of her full name. Having no middle name, Rowling decided she'd use K for Kathleen, her grandmother's name. Aww. Yeah, that's really nice. But also, I'm sure if she had just been Joanne Rowling the books would have spoke for them you know like exactly you could have you could put any name, name on to there it and it's fine kids with joe rowling is also yeah. equally as as gender neutral ambiguous. yeah yeah um but you know what it would have also been fun what i mean like i'm just spitballing here jk yeah but like jj rowling oh jj for jessica her daughter jj yeah. rowling well if we get like a redo maybe <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> her next book comes out and it's like JJ Rowling. Thanks, JK. We really appreciate it. Come on the show anytime. Um, Scholastic picked it up in the US, changed the title to Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and published it in 1998. That's just what happens, right? Philosopher and Sorcerer. But it makes me twitch. Yeah, it's fair. Because, like, why can't you just accept the book for what it is and the title it's got? Because. <laughs> Sorcerers and and philosopher are two very not, different things. It's two very different things, and it doesn't really come up a whole bunch. No, it doesn't. So no. Uh, the next six titles followed, each one gaining record-breaking, award-winning success, with over four hundred and fifty million copies sold wo- worldwide. Which is for each book to break a record and probably its own record. Mm, exactly, is fantastic. The series was then made into eight films produced by Warner Brothers, featuring some featuring some of Britain's greatest actors next to their youngest. J.K. Rowling has gone on to publish three companion volumes to the Harry Potter series, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and Quidditch Through the Ages in aid of comic relief, and The Tales of Beetle the Bard in aid of her children's charity, Loomis, which were uh, textbooks in the original series. Yes. In 2011, Rowling's estimated worth was one billion US dollars. In 2017, it was down to 650 million US dollars, with the difference being money she donated to various charities. This figure means she's wealthier than the Queen. The 650 means that she's wealthier than the Queen. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, imagine being that. Okay, no, that's a whole don't imagine different it. podcast. It's really sad. <laughs> um, but uh, in a lot of the reading, uh, when she's asked about it, uh, J.K. Rowling does often say that the best bit about it is not having to worry about money anymore. She spent oh, so long worrying, worrying about it. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Oh. Oh, the day. <laughs> one day, imagine maybe. Imagine if we won that hundred and one million dollar lottery. Oh. hundred and seven. How much of it was? What a You'd day. be set for life. Oh. Set for life. Um, she has also published novels for adults. I put in inverted commas because I will read Harry Potter every year for the rest of my life. Although Harry Potter appeals to the masses. Through Little Brown Publishers, uh, she published the following titles. The Casual Vacancy, which has now been translated into 44 languages and was adapted for TV by the BBC in 2015. What? Yep. That's a thing I didn't know. Yeah, 2015 series. It might be on, like, Stan. They generally put BBC series on there. Have a look. Have a gooks. Have a gooks. See what happens. And the Cormoran Strike private detective series titled The Cuckoo's Calling, The Silkworm, Career of Evil, and Lethal White, which that series was written under the pseudonym Robert Galbraith. Galbraith with the first three books being adapted for BBC One 
produced by Bronte Film and Television. Um, the fourth one hasn't been in that series, I think, because it's only just been released. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. it's very exciting. I need to read those. I just yeah, haven't I haven't. Yet. I haven't either. Yeah. Most recently, she collaborated with Jack Thorne and John Tiffany, a playwright and a director, on Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, a stage play in two parts, and made her screenwriting debut with Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, a planned five-part film series. What? Yeah, it's going to be five, five movies. Parts. Yeah, we're only at number two. I know a lot of people that were not happy about number two. And I wasn't very happy with number two. I didn't two. see it because <laughs> I didn't want to ruin anything for myself. It's it's I As long as the timeline is explained in the next... It just doesn't make sense in my brain right okay. now. I'm surely JK's heard that feedback. I know, and she's so good. Yeah, and she's probably like, "You stupid people, we, you have to trust me. Just trust. Just trust Why me. You're not trusting? I know what I'm doing. I've planned this whole series for the last twenty something, thirty years." <laughs> um, J.K. Rowling has been married to Dr. Neil Murray for 18 years. They have a son, David, and a daughter, Mackenzie. She has established charities such as Loomis and continues to contribute financial aid to a variety of others. She is also a star of the Twitter game. Her responses on Twitter are golden. Mm, yeah, I've seen a couple. She's just it's, so witty. It's Yeah, it's the comebacks that she's the best yeah, at. Yeah, like, so good. The feed itself, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. The comebacks, whore. Yeah. Don't. Don't. Mm-mm. Don't. <laughs> One, why would you want to? Because she's the greatest person in history. And two, just don't even just try. Don't even try. Don't even try. She's smarter than all of us. So, KB, tell me. Yeah. Um, unrelated, but yes. completely related. Uh huh. I believe I'm sitting next to someone that is technically, mm. kind of, mm. almost, mm. one degree of separation away from J.K. Rowling. One, uh, you know, kind of. Kind of. A little bit. If you, if I, if I include a ten-minute conversation that I once had with Rupert Grint, which I do, then I'm one degree. I'm one degree of separation. I hadn't thought of that before. Yeah, congratulations, guys. Now's the time you find out. This is why didn't I ask to meet my idol while I was talking to another idol? And he was like. Wow, like way to be blunt about trying to get to JK through me. (laughs) We were talking about like uh, potato crisps, I think was the conversation that we were having. (laughs) Because I just moved to England (sighs) and they were talking about quavers. I didn't know what quavers were, so they were trying to explain them to me. Like like a music. A musical notation, yeah, right? Yeah, like, Quaver. Yeah, and then I, uh, what do you mean you don't know Quavers? I'm like, I'm from Australia. <laughs> so Give me a was, break. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, that's the best. All right, well, let's take a little break, digest the history, uh-huh. and take a look at the crazy thing that is this I can't JK wait. conspiracy. So, KB. Yes, Julie. Are you ready for the conspiracy? I am so ready. I haven't looked this one up on purpose just to just to be surprised by it. Surprise! <laughs> okay, so it's pretty small. Mm-hmm. It's um, really only one main person um, that has created this theory. Yes. And been vocal about it. Yes. Um, her name is uh, Ms. Nina Grunfeld. Nina Grunfeld. Nina Grunfeld. And she, she sounds is... like she could be in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Her. <laughs> yeah. Well, she is a Norwegian film director. Mm-hmm. And um, 
so she wrote in a Norwegian um, newspaper mm-hmm. called the Arfen, Arfen Posten, mm-hmm. which you would assume is like the later news. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, so what she proposes is that um, basically it's impossible that a person can write six thick books that are translated into 55 languages and sell more than 250 million copies in less than 10 years. She doesn't think that's possible. That's the whole reason. That's the whole theory. Part of it, yes. What? So she she's saying that no, there's no way that someone can possibly write all that material in such a short time. Well, when you think about it, it didn't... They weren't coming out, like, year by year. No, it took, like, I had to wait. You had to wait. I had to and wait. that's why it sold so many copies, because you had to oh, wait. it was so good. I read mine the day I would always pre-order them. And then I'd read the whole thing in a day. And then I'd Whoa. be like waiting for the next one for months and months. How, how did you read the whole thing in a day? I just wouldn't do it. Do I just, it. From the minute I got up, at like I think the bookstore opened at 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So you'd line up at from like 8 o'clock even though you'd pre-ordered them. Mm-hmm. And then I'd go home and be like, I don't know, 9.30. And then from 9.30 till maybe 9 o'clock at night, it was just non I would not have put it down. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. I'm a person that can't, I just physically cannot do that. Yeah. So I'm reading a book now that I've been reading for like a month and a half because every time I read, I start to fall asleep. Oh, yes. Now. I can't do it now. Oh, but when, <laughs> when, when she was a whippersnapper. Between the ages of eight and, I don't know, when the last one came out, 15. Oh, I think yes. we're even older than that, to be honest. <laughs> oh, good times, though. Do you remember when you, like... The, the feeling when you first got to read the new book. Yeah. So especially after, even after the three or so books. Yeah. Like book four was the big one for me. Yeah. Where I was genuinely so excited to pick up that book. Yeah. And I can't get that feeling back ever again. No. I can reread them, but I cannot get the mystery back ever no, again. And some days know. I get genuinely upset by that. <laughs> Well, what else has this theory got? So the other thing that she poses is obviously that it's too good to be true. But she suggests that um, J.K. Rowling is a pen name for an entire team of industry professionals writing together. Interesting. So she thinks that because it was so quick mm-hmm. that it has to have been a group of people that wrote it. So she examples the Nancy Drew series author Carolyn Keane, yep. which is actually a pseudonym for 13 writers. Right. And they wrote between 1930 and 1985. Well, that's because Nancy Drew has uh, continued to span over decades. Which is pretty clear that it's not from 30 to 85. You wouldn't expect it to be one writer. No. Um, But I don't know how I feel about saying that JK is a a pseudonym. Yeah. No, I think think if you were to look at it on face value of when the books were released, maybe. Mm -hmm. But when you look at how long it took her... Essentially, she took 10 years prior to it being published to plan out all seven novels. It wasn't that she was starting from scratch every time she sat down. Um, but I guess Grunfeld's um, I guess Grunfeld's rebuttal to that would be, well, that's a great story. That's true. But if you had a if you had an epic story in your head and you just sat down and you wrote the whole thing from start to finish and then just separated it into seven books 
<laughs> That's true. It, it wouldn't take, like, if you've got, she knew the ending from the beginning. She knew the ending from the beginning. She knew what was going to happen. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. It depends on how fast you can write, doesn't it? it it's and true. Clearly and she's how a powerhouse. Much you know those characters. And if you look at each backstory to each character, I guess when you come at it from a performer's perspective, too, where you do the research. As soon as you know that person, you know how they talk, you know how they think, you know what they're going to do next. Yeah. You'd be able to write any kind yeah, of story for a character you're writing you've played before. Kind of your own narrative yeah. in, in a way. Um, I don't... Oh, it's really hard one to get on board with. Like, I am quite defensive of the Harry Potter series too. as a whole. And so for someone to come... Even if it was written by multiple people, I wouldn't really care. Don't attack my baby, though. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, when you look at how much good uh, J.K. Rowling is doing in the world mm. as a result of it, and how much good the people who have been cast in her films do, yeah. and the shows are so successful, and you look at our generation sharing that magic with their children and their nieces and their nephews and all that jazz, it's... I think it's it's hard to get on board with something that has inspired a lot of my childhood and a lot of the way I view the world, mm. too. If I hated Harry Potter, maybe. Maybe, yeah. I think, I don't know, I think she just seems a little bitter. Yeah. Like, I'm like, are your films not doing well or what's going on here? But um, I think the, the harder part for me is what is the benefit of that conspiracy? That's true. So... It, they just were. To discredit. It is to discredit, but they would. It, it, the books were doing well before they yeah. became huge. Exactly. So. God, I remember reading the first two when I was eight years old, and the movie didn't come out till I was twelve. Like exactly. Yeah. Kids, my entire class knew who Harry Potter was. Exactly, and mm-hmm. it was. It did start off quite small yeah that it kind of you felt the buzz around it and then it really took off so what would be like at what point does she pose that it became a writing team yeah or does she think that it has always been a writing team and i think if you you think about how many different people there are in this world yeah and how different our perspectives are how we interpret things i think it would be really difficult for a team to work on a book. Cohesive book, and I think it would be too. for all seven of them to have the same voice. So with Nancy Drew, my question back to Miss Grunfeld would mm. be, do you think 13 writers wrote on every single book? Yeah. No. no. 13 writers wrote over a span of years. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's just a bit, a bit redundant. But I mean... It could be true. We don't know that it's not. People are allowed to believe what they want to believe as long as it's not hurting other people. That's right. And at the moment it isn't hurting J.K. Rowling or us for her to say that she doesn't believe it's true. She's allowed to have that opinion. That's right. Let us know what you believe. Yeah. Yes, you can follow us on all our socials. All the socials. So we have Facebook, which is at Elvis Lives Podcast. Yep. Do we have a, a Instagram yet? We don't Oh, hold the phone on the Instagram How, then. You guys tell us if you want an Instagram. I think if you could all comment on this episode too, either via your favourite uh, podcatcher or the Facebook page, telling us what house you're in. Oh, yes, please. That would be really great. What house are you enjoying? Oh, KB. Oh. I'm a Slytherin. You're a Slytherin? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't have picked Slytherin. And proud. You're Slytherin and proud. Yeah. You should be. I think Slytherins get a bad rap. I oh, think they're they quite really do. good people. They're switched on people. Yeah. Yeah. What are you? 
Pottermore gave me Gryffindor. Oh, okay, Pottermore. I don't agree. No, but my, like, spirit animal, mm-hmm. I think, uh, aligns more with Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. Although, this is where it gets tricky because I'm getting older. As I get older, I get a little bit more Hufflepuff. I would put you in Hufflepuff. Yeah. <laughs> You're so jovial. I just, I'm, I'm happy to join the Hufflepuffers. I love them. Some days I think maybe I'm a, a Huffleclaw or a Ravenpuff. I'm, and other days I'm full-fledged Hufflepuff. I'm just full Slytherin. <laughs> I'm not even going to deny no. it. Full Slytherin. True. I'm also a Gemini. It's just a really volatile combination. <laughs> so let us know what house you're in. Give us a like, a subscribe, a comment. Yeah. Let us anything. Just think. help us out. Let and us know. If there's a conspiracy theory you want us to discuss or to bring to light. Mm-hmm. For other people. Yeah. Let us know. Well, you can also email us if you're disgusted with this episode and you have so many things to say. Yeah, please do. Email us at elvislivespodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Well, that is it for now. That's all. That's it. And we will be back with you next Monday for a new conspiracy. Ooh, I'm excited. I don't know what it's going to be yet. I bet you it's going to be holy. Is it? Yeah. Super holy? Super holy. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, bye. bye.